there's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Call She. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating or inflation? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to callshe.com slash follow the money spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah, yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Here we go. It is Follow the Money on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Mitch Moss, along with Polly Howard, we're live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort and Casino. And this show, as always, is brought to you by DraftKings. We will. Uh, Run the floor today with every game in the National Football League. We'll hit the big ones a couple of times throughout the next three hours. Good guests on the program today, including Adam Chernoff a little bit later on, and we'll get a breakdown on uh, this injury report, which is a very key one today, Paulie, to look at with the Dolphins and the Cowboys as well. Rams impressive again last night. They covered. Uh, that final score was misleading. They blew the Saints out, and that 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 game played out kind of like we hinted yesterday where the Saints had played garbage all year long at quarterback, and when they didn't, they gave up a lot of points and they lost. But that you saw a little bit of everything last night, right? The creativity, the amount of motion the Rams used on offense was fantastic to trick a defensive-minded head coach in Dennis Allen where they had no solution whatsoever on that side of the ball. Stafford goes for more than 300. Puka Nakua, live for Rookie of the Year? Well, listen, I've never seen a wide receiver come in as a rookie and dominate other than Randy Moss in 98. I think he had 17 touchdowns. Puka has more yards yeah. already. So this is staggering what he's doing. And if Stroud misses more games, I think he's got a shot here. What he's done, four guys had a catch. That's it. That's it. That's all they need. Higby, Robinson, who's good, Puka, and Cup. Cup was third in yards, and they win the game. Stafford was humming. McVay called a great game. And this team should be on a six-game winning streak. And I think they're going to be a tough out in the playoffs. And here are your updated numbers after last night. Again, we reminded you, we told you that uh, they were minus 125 to make the playoffs yesterday. That uh, converts to about 55.6%. And we said that if you liked them last night, uh, if you had a strong opinion on the Rams just to win the game, forget about covering for a second here, then you needed to bet that number because it was going to multiply by this morning. Well, 
the odds actually doubled now. They're minus 250. The percentage went up to 71.4%. That's the two, the minus 250 conversion there. And that's also factoring in, because I think when you watch the game last night and you look at the other teams vying for a playoff spot, a wild card slot there, you're going to say, well, how are they not in? It's still factoring in, in the Rams potentially needing and starting their guys in Week 18. Otherwise, this percentage would be a lot higher than what it is, in my opinion. Niners, yeah. What, who did I say? You said Rams. Did yeah. I say Rams? Yeah, Niners yeah. leading the well, game. Yeah. Sorry. Minnesota has the tiebreaker over them, too, because of the conference record. But Minnesota's going to take some L's here. So they're going to beat the passing Paisan uh, and win that game. So it's just a formality. Now, what I want to see, and what I think a lot of fans want to see, is, is go to Detroit. How good would that be? That's the th- be if that's the 3-6 game, Detroit would host a playoff game for the first time since 93, and Stafford goes back home, and it's, it's the trade. The guys, the quarterbacks traded for one another. How good would that be? And I would pick the Rams in that game. Now, uh, here's the thing. I, I, watched, I paid attention last night on uh, X, social media. Every person was saying the same thing. So the Rams would finish hot. Who knows? They might have a win over the 49ers who might not mm-hmm. need the game. Every single person would pick the Rams. Which would make me what kind of want to go the other way. Wow, this offense is awesome. Oh, they're, they're, they're terrific right and now. And I'm, I'm shocked at how well the defense is playing. Uh, the other thing is they just have to do a better job closing games. They, they screwed around and played with their food last week against Washington. That's 28-7. couple touchdown drives by Brissett, and it comes down to the onside kick. And here you're right. This game is over. It's a blowout. And then the blocked punt. Rams second half's a bad beat, and it puts the Saints team total over with what happened after the block punt when that game is over. But the creativity, the motion, uh, uh, what, six carries for Puka. But the big thing is what they have with the rushing attack. Williams goes for 100 yards again. Mom's having a good time in the stands. I mean, this guy, it's a whole different dimension of this offense when you can open up the passing game even more because he can just get chunks on the ground with yep. those angry runs. Yep, the explosive runs are going to be there, and uh, the Saints' rush defense, obviously not very good. It's one of the weakest in the entire league. But when you have Williams running like he is right now, I actually thought when he left the game, I thought, uh-oh, he's going to go to the blue tent. This is going to be concussion protocol time. Mm-hmm. And I did not anticipate him actually coming back in the game last night. And then he did, and he looked awesome. So you have that along with Cup, who got banged up during the game last night. But you have Cup and Nakua as your two receivers, which, I mean, the drafting this team has done, they had to have that because they're without first-round picks forever because they sold their souls to win that Super Bowl a couple years ago. It's actually worked out because they've hit it in these late-round picks. Mm -hmm. Like, they got that young kid on defense in the third round. Austin pick Nakua was a fifth-round pick. That doesn't happen for every single... So Les Need has done an amazing job here keeping this together. But you have all the, the, the receivers for Stafford to throw the, the ball to and the way that Williams is running the ball at the same exact time, and they're going for more than 400 yards a game. Awesome. He's locked in, too. You see, you think you have him, and then he rolls out, and he does like the Dan Quisenberry sidearm thing, and you can't stop that. I mean, he's just made some incredible throws the last month here, and he didn't, he didn't play in the Green Bay game, uh, which was one tiebreaker that they would lose, but... They lost that game, but since since he came back, it should be a six-game winning streak and how well he's playing offensively. Now, if you really want to get nuts and drink the Kool-Aid, Mike Florio is saying this team could have the best chance to go to San Francisco and win. Well, I mean, I, 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 that 42-10 Dallas, what San Francisco did to them, 42-19 against Philly, one by 30 at Pittsburgh, one by 30 at Jacksonville. No one has a better A game. And the first meeting in Los Angeles was 30-23. to 23. And Stafford threw for 300 yards in that game. So with the way they're humming offensively, 
he might be on something there. Well, you know, I'll do something, excuse me. Yeah, and we've kicked this around a couple of times this week on the show, and that is the thought that this Rams version right now that we're watching could give any team in the NFC playoffs a game. And I said, like, on Tuesday when you were up, Paulie, maybe with the exception of the 49ers, because the 49ers have the best A game and their power rating is, you know, going to the moon at this point. They won't slow them down, though. They'd have to outscore them. And I think they probably would. I think I'd like the 49ers well, in that game. 40. To, okay. Yeah, 40, I don't 45. think the Rams get many well, stops. But what, 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 I, So what would the rematch look like in the, with the Rams going to Dallas and playing the Cowboys? Because that was ugly. That'd be a good game. Yeah, that, that, that did get out of control early in the season. That's right. But I think it'd be a whole different ball game this time around. And that they would it'd be a high-scoring game and, and they can hang in that one. I'd also have to rule out Seattle because what San Francisco's dominated Seattle and they beat them five in a row uh, yeah. as well. So um, that would be, yeah, that'd be a pretty good game too. Although and, it, it didn't work out the first time, you're right. And you know how these divisional teams know each other. They pl- And also McVay has done a hell of a job this year. I will point this out last night. When they're up 10 nothing, and he decided to try the field goal attempt on fourth and two from the 28, I hated that. I thought... I, I, I couldn't believe he was going to do that. Why'd you bring Mason Crosby in? This guy can't kick. No, you can't. Why would you not go for it on fourth and two? I thought that was mm-hmm. dumb. Uncalled for. Missed it. Three plays later, touchdown for the Saints. Yep. Also, later, later in the game, they had a fourth and two at the three-yard line. <laughs> I thought he was going to go for it there. He didn't. Yeah. But the, the all-time, I mean, mind-numbingly stupid call last night was from Dennis Allen. And if this team misses the playoffs, if the if the Buccaneers win that division, if the, the, the Falcons and the Saints are going to be looking for new head coaches next year, yeah. this guy on fourth and five with a minute to play at the 42-yard line of the Rams decided, hey, you know what? I know they have all three timeouts left, and they're getting the ball at halftime. Let's go for it. This is a good idea. He punted from the 37 in the first quarter. I could not. Look, as yeah. a guy holding Rams plus 240 from two weeks ago to make the playoffs, I love the call. I thought this is one of the dumbest things I've ever seen this year by by a coach in the league. That decision to, yep. to go for it in fourth and five, I could not believe, but I loved it. And then what happened? Of Terrible. course, the Rams went down and scored again. Yep. Yep. And what I, was I, he thinking? That was a horrible decision. And I cannot believe they did not put Winston in this year. And they're just riding it out with Carr, who continues to get booed in home games. Well, it was I mean, yeah, it, The touchdown pass to give him the first touchdown – that was a nice pass, but also the receiver had the entire secondary burnt by five yards. After that, it was all garbage time last night. Mm-hmm. Had, had another silly INT. When they go yeah. for it on fourth down, he's not close to the receivers. Well, I mean, if, if this would be a, a choke job now if Tampa can't win the division. I mean, they should be able to beat them next week at home, and, and now they're favored with looks like it's Bethard mm-hmm. for Jacksonville. So it's right there for, for Baker and Tampa, and this is just – to think Seattle, uh, excuse me, to think the Saints in Atlanta can't go over their win totals with the two easiest schedules we've seen in a long, long time. Oh, yeah. Unmitigated disaster. Mm-hmm. Bad job all the way around. So that updated division price. 275, at, right? Yeah, DraftKings, 270 on the Buccaneers. Yeah. Saints are plus 360 in that range. Falcons are plus 750. Yeah. And Tampa closes with Carolina, too. So mm-hmm. just get one of these next two in there. And, uh, you know, I, I doubt Atlanta can run the table as well. But right? I thought I thought they'd miss the playoffs. I thought they'd go under their win total. We had a couple – we had a guest on who said Bowles could be the first coach fired. I did not see this coming from Mayfield. But they've had a lot of help, though. 
because there's no way the Saints and Falcons should be under 500 mm-hmm. with the garbage they've played. Did you see that tweet Luke sent in? What, the, the nine teams have been eliminated from the postseason? Atlanta lost to five of them? Six, six of them, whatever it is? or were they, Six have been eliminated. They've lost. Yeah, it's, it's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. And, and Art, Art Smith's got to go, too. Yeah, so. and, and every game was the same exact thing this year for that team. Yeah. Never changed whatsoever. The Rams were dropping last night to win the NFC during the game. What would you need for that? I passed on 40-1. to one. Oh, that's, yeah. Yeah, well, you're going to probably have to go and now this Dallas morning, or Philly and then San Francisco. That's right. So yeah. they're 30-1 to one this morning at DraftKings, and the number continued to plummet to win their conference. At this point, yeah, I'll roll over Moneyline Parlay on mm. the Rams if you like them to come out. Just bet them every game to win and take bet winnings with the original bet, roll it over the next time. That would pay more than, a, than a, what their conference odds are this morning because that's, that's the path they're going to have to go through. Yeah, okay, or, or Detroit. Yeah, but, yeah. Detroit, San Francisco, then, who, then if the, whoever the two seed could be. Right. Yeah, tough, tough assignment. But they're fun to watch. That offense is clicking on all cylinders right now. Stafford, tip of the cap, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is some of the best football I've ever seen that guy play. He has been lights out. We'll recap more of last night's betting action and win some, lose some. Up next, uh, while you were sleeping, are we really going to do this? Next season is going to be a ton of fun. Details on that coming up next. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with CallShe. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating or inflation and a whole lot more? You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to callshe.com slash follow the money spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Juice Reel, a free betting intelligence app and a tool every better needs. It links your betting accounts into one app. Delivers in-depth analytics on your betting history, 
You have access to the history of billions of bets placed by all Juice Real users. In-depth betting analytics, billions of data points, enables you to tail the winners and fade the losers. They've developed an AI bot, picking winners at a rate of 60% through 100 games. Find out for yourself. Download Juice Reel. Free app in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. It's free. Juice Reel. R-E-E-L. Go get it. I think maybe the number one game that I'm intrigued by with the injury report later on this morning is Miami at home against the Cowboys. Game has turned into a pick Cowboys took some money mm-hmm. uh, earlier in the week. The reason why I say that is because this week alone, all five starters on the Miami offensive line missed practice. And yesterday, Raheem Mostert, who has 20 touchdowns, missed. Looks like he's going to play. On the O-line, Austin Jackson, Robert Hunt, they both missed. Limited. Armstead yet again. Eichenberg yet again. Also limited. A-Chan, defensively, Holland, Howard, Van Ginkle, who's playing great football this year. So they have a slew of injuries, not even to mention Tyreek Hill yet, but I also think that he's going to play in this game. And on the flip side, you had two offensive linemen for the Cowboys, uh, Teron Smith, Zach Martin. They missed practice yesterday. And also Jonathan Hankins in the middle of that defensive line, he didn't practice. And look at what happened on the ground last week against the Cowboys with the Buffalo Bills, a team that doesn't really run the ball that much, but they're like, Oh, this is easy. This is seven, eight yards of crack. Let's just keep doing it the well, entire game. I love Dallas if Hill doesn't play. And uh, Dak is 7-0 ATS the last two years off a loss. Now, certainly the, the home road splits are, 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 con- are cause for concern. 7-0 at home, 6-1 ATS. 3-4 straight up in ATS on the road. I will talk to our guests coming up. I'm also, if you watch the last couple home, there's not a lot of people at that Miami home game against the Jets. Oh, this will be 50-50 Yeah, there'll be plenty of Cowboy fans, too, that they're late to the party and buying in. Bad sports town. Now, what is this this Tua business I'm keeping receipts? Is What? You can't beat a good team. What receipts? It's the easiest. Well, you know the case that's being made against you. You can't beat a good team. You haven't done it since week three of last year, and it was Buffalo, and you were dominated and thoroughly outplayed but we're fortunate to come back and get that miracle win. So until he does something on the big stage and beats a good team, keep all the receipts you want. You can yeah. have a shoebox full of them. you got to beat a good team here. It's and this is, we'll find out the next three weeks. So for all this talk about, you know, that, that loss against Tennessee was so bad and they were lost offensively once Hill went out of the game. They could go from one seed to blowing the division because you go Dallas at Baltimore and peekaboo, the game against the Bills could be for the division. Mm-hmm. And if Buffalo comes to town where they win and win the division, I'm going to take Buffalo in that game. So I don't like how Miami's playing here. The team I mentioned before the break, 12-1 and ATS. You mentioned it briefly there with Dak overall. But 12-1 and ATS when coming off a straight-up loss since 2021, that's the Cowboys. So Mike McCarthy's had his crew bounce back in strong yeah. fashion the last three years. Well, it was embarrassing last week, though. I mean, it was... And oh, guys yeah. were sick and oh, yeah, yeah. just got humiliated and down 31-3 to three late. No, I will flip it. Two has been really good at home. He's 19-5 and five straight up, 17-7 and seven ATS. And the average number there was uh, Dolphins minus 3.5 or a little bit uh, higher than that. That's 71% overall. So I, went, I wanted to go back and look because in my one fantasy league, I've been getting a lot of points from the Miami defense recently. And I'm like, this is weird. Why is this happening? So I went back and looked at who they've actually played recently. Because when you break down the numbers and go from week eight to today, the Dolphins' defensive numbers are like super elite. Total yards per game allowed, they're first. EPA per play, they're first. Passing EPA per play, they're first. 
Passing yards per game, they're fourth overall. Rushing yards per game allowed, they're first. Rushing EPA per play, they're third. Explosive rush percentage first and points per game first. I'm like, what? How is that possible? They're playing that well. And then from week eight on, here are the offenses that they have played. The Patriots, 30th in EPA per play. The Chiefs, 7th in EPA per play. But the Chiefs have done not a lot this year on offense overall. And they're not the super high-scoring team an explosive team that we've watched over the years. But that's the one team in the top 10. The Raiders are 27th. They got the Jets twice. They're 32nd. The Commanders are a dead team walking. They're 22nd. Mm-hmm. And the Titans, believe it or not, rank middle of the pack EPA per play. And we, it's not a good offense overall. So now they go from playing those teams for the last two months to taking on the Cowboys, who are pissed off after a humiliating loss. Yep. I really want to make a case to bet the Cowboys in this game. A strong case, like one of my biggest bets of the entire year in the NFL. Yep. But I need okay. to see the injury report today. All right. Yep. I'm there with Cleveland. Almost a six-point move. What do you think? What will Case Keenum do? Will they get to 20 points? And I know the home road splits, but what Stefanski has done here, this offense is humming. And it was a great job the last couple of games by the Texans' defense. How the hell did they lose to the Jets and get beat by Zach Wilson? But Flacco, seven touchdowns in 12 quarters. Pickett, six in his last 12 games. The weapon that Njoku's become, Ford, Cooper, and now Cleveland laying three on the road. I I just, horrible timing here with the Texans with Stroud going out, who apparently was concussed back-to-back games too and shouldn't have been in there. I was a little freaked out earlier in the week because uh, Joe Flacco had a calf on Wednesday. Yes. So, But he practiced all day yesterday in full. So when that panic was there, like, uh uh-oh, what if – what if Joe Flacco is actually hurt to the point of where he can't play or he's going to be limited? That corrected itself yesterday, along with you know Stroud not playing in this game. They're also getting uh, in an active here, inactive from Will Anderson. Yeah. So that's not good because he is like when it comes to breaking down numbers against the rush or the pass, he's top five in both categories as a defensive lineman. They were going to the playoffs here if Stroud didn't get hurt. Because they're going to play, they play Tennessee at home and then they have the Colts. They still might. But I think they yeah. can still, I mean, this is a three point game. Yeah. I mean, it's no. Well, Cleveland can't stop anybody on the road for whatever reason. Okay. How about the, the six point move in the Tampa game? This looks like Lawrence is going to miss his first game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bethard against Baker and how well Baker's played the last couple of weeks. What he did in Lambeau was uh, nothing short of a miracle. I got a little faith here in Bethard. Really? Yeah, I do. Okay. The points? I think it's tied well, you into... Don't have, you don't have Kirk and you don't have Jones. The Kirk loss is going to end up really, really hurting this team. He was a major factor and a huge weapon uh, to open things up there on the offense. The 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 reason why... The Buccaneers' defense, no great shakes. No, you're right. So the reason why I think we can get points in this game and Bethard can be okay is because of that. Now, can they can they get Etienne going, who has not really been a force here lately? And will this defense have any, I can't believe I'm asking this question, will they be able to neutralize Baker Mayfield? He's coming off of a career game. That can't, I mean, to repeat itself is going to be tough, but he also goes from a very weak Packers defense to kind of the same thing here. The Jags defense has been terrible now for a good month. So who wins this division? Because now Atlanta's up to two and a half. Heineke is the start of the rest of the year. Atlanta season on the line. I'm going to go Colts. I think they're going to do it. I go Colts, and I think Jaguars can miss the playoffs. I think the Colts 
could lose to Atlanta, but it'd still be okay because they'll beat the Raiders and they'll beat Houston, who they pummeled in the first game. Yep. Although it was early in the season. And that's going to give Steichen coach of the year. It has to. And Jacksonville's going to blow this. I think it makes a lot of sense. Do you agree with the line move in the Colts game this week? I don't think Heine- I don't think Heineke's worth that much, right? I mean, it's almost a six-point move, Paul. Yeah. Well, you, you they Brown and McKenzie are suspended for the season. Pittman looks to be good to go, but they've won five of six, and uh, they're five and two on the road. But every game this year, as you pointed out, has been this is the point spread with the Falcons. Yeah. But I guess it's just the season on the line have to do it, and uh, and why they're up to two and a half. We told you about the Chargers earlier in the show, how bad they are at home ATS. The Falcons are not much better. They're 16-30 and 30 against the spread. That's 34.8% since 2018. One of the worst marks in the entire league. I, this, now, if this touches three, I'm going to have to take the yeah. Colts. And it's leaning that way because look at this. You see the Falcons minus 2.5 and, and minus 118. I, 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 the, the clear coaching edge here, clear, crystal clear, is on the Colts' mm-hmm. side. 11-3 and three to the over on the year, Colts. When the opponent gets 20 points or more, Minshew is 2-17 and 17 straight up. They're finding ways to win. Yeah. They're getting it done. I cannot believe this. And I can't believe Jacksonville is going to blow this division. Now, they get Carolina next week, and um, then they play Tennessee. So they swept Indy. But I, 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 we'll see what the Falcons are made of Sunday. Jack- just, Jacksonville... I, I, well, again, they were playing to be the. I can't get that out of my head. Twenty thousand? Oh, the, yeah. Well, that they playoffs. were minus twenty thousand to make the playoffs, and they 2, were two thousand division. They would have been the one seed on that Tuesday That's morning right. after the Monday night game against the yeah, Bengals. Epic choke job. And again, what I said earlier: six teams have been eliminated from the playoffs. Atlanta's lost to four of them. Yeah, I, I cannot. They're getting beat by Carolina. I, I scoring seven points is a travesty. No way I'm betting Atlanta in this game. I, I'll tell you what: there, we don't have a lot of good teaser options this week. Yeah. But Falcons up to eight and a half to me. If you can find something else, maybe keep it open-ended for next week. That seems like a pretty good teaser to me. We'll get back into that uh, Dolphins-Cowboys game coming up next. Orlando Alzugari is going to join us from the big show in Miami. Uh, the Finns O-line again decimated. What does he anticipate in terms of an uh, injury report today? Looking to bet smarter than VEASAN has the perfect holiday gift for you? Sign up on the holiday special. Get it today. VEASAN Pro Access. Everything we do through May 1st for only $79. Unlimited access to the best bets, betting splits, 24-7 video, all the guides. Limited time holiday offer. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. On the Dolphins and Cowboys game as Orlando Azugari joins the program. He's been covering the Dolphins for more than three decades. In Miami, uh, his show is called The Big O Radio Show, and you can follow him on X. He's at Big O Show. Orlando, it's good to talk to you today. How are you? It is great, gentlemen. It's Friday. We got some football right around the corner, man. Can't wait. Yeah, I'm anticipating the injury report today. It's very vital for this game in terms of uh, betting it. And I'll ask you, I mean, the entire offensive line missed at some point this week, mispractice. Um, what is your level of concern overall for Robert Hunt and Austin Jackson on the old line and some of the other guys who missed this week? Well, look, I think you're going to get most everybody back except for Robert Hunt. I think Robert Hunt may be another week away uh, before he comes back. Austin Jackson, the oblique, wasn't considered as serious as Jalen Phillips is. 
of Phillips uh, oblique was that kept him out a little bit earlier in the season. So the Austin one, I would not, he's such a tough kid. This is a guy that gave bone marrow to his, to his sister senior year at USC. Couldn't even practice throughout the year, played every week, didn't miss a game at USC, but obviously he didn't have the strength to, to practice, just play enough during the week and then gets drafted and was like, you know, 20, 19 years old when they drafted him, he's now 24 and he's really matured into a player now. And it's really cool to see. And he's, he's proven to be mentally and physically tough because physically he wasn't holding up and he was, you know, taking a pounding from people all over and being criticized. And this year he really took his game to another level after last year being injury riddled with that high ankle injury. I think Austin's a tough dude. I think he's going to come back and play this week. Hunt, I think will be out. Liam Eikenberg will do his thing. Uh, Lester Cotton will be there at left guard and, and I, and Teron Armstead should be able to play at left tackle and Kendall lamb, by the way, who has played left tackle when Teron Armstead is out has been maybe one of the MVPs of the team because when, when Teron Armstead is out in the past last year, it was a disaster. Now when he's been out, Kendall lamb has held fort and held it strong. And it's been pretty impressive that they were able to find a left tackle again, you know, we were talking off the air. These guys won against the Jets front last week with an entire backup line, and one of them is a third stringer at this point. That's unheard of mm-hmm. in this league. Most people can't field five guys. These guys are able to field the whole entire second unit to put up against the Jets front, which is not an easy front. What's the update on Tyree Kill? And if he plays, what do you think, how close he is to 100%? I don't think nobody's close to a hundred percent right now, but he's probably somewhere in the 80 to 90 range. Uh, and you know, you guys know a Tyreek at 80 or 90 is faster still than the entire league. He practiced last week right before the game, which means he was really close. So I expect him and X to play. So I think that's also big because obviously you're going up against CD lamb and the boys, you're going to need as many defensive backs as possible. So I think you're going to get X back to go along with Jalen Ramsey. I don't think Holland will come back, but I think you will get Tyreek back also here in the process. So Tyreek and Waddle and that, that explosive uh, pair is going to be on the field. Okay, so then how about some of the other guys as well that either missed or were, were limited this week? Mostert looks like he's going to go. Um, yeah. A-Chan, Howard, uh, Holland, and Van Ginkle. Yeah, all of them except Holland. Uh, Holland is the one that's dealing with two uh, two uh, sprained MCLs, and that's kind of taken a little bit of a while. And I think they're going to, you know, they're they're, pay, they're they've done one, one thing. I got to give them credit; they've been incredibly responsible with their injuries, and they've paced these guys, and they haven't hurried guys back. I don't think Holland is the one guy that you hurry back because he's so important overall. Plus, Elijah Campbell and, and Deshaun Elliott and guys, they've done, a, they've done a decent job. I think you'll be able to fill in and get, get by with that at least for now. But Holland would be the one guy that I would question if he returns this week. I have a bet, and I told you this before you came on. I have a bet on Mike McDaniel. I made this back in uh, early September at 22 to 1 to coach of the year, to win coach of the year. I thought he had a real legit chance. Uh, maybe before that uh, blown lead against Tennessee, and now others have surpassed him on the odds board, board Orlando. But watching from afar, I mean, there's a lot to like about this guy. As somebody who has covered this team for 33 years and watching Mike McDaniel every single day, what impresses you so much about him? 
this is the best balance I've ever seen. I've been covering it since the, the, the final couple of years of Shula. Mm-hmm. And so I've covered everybody since Shula in their entire run. And there always seemed to be some kind of a missing element to the, to, to the coach. Didn't know how to build an offense. Didn't understand defense. Didn't understand personnel. Didn't understand human beings, <laughs> you know, like uh, Joe Philbin and Brian Flores had very poor people skills. Uh, you know, things like that. We, we ran into all kinds of different problems and Mike, the only thing he lacks is experience. And that's the one thing that you, you can't get anywhere until you actually get on the job and you're actually doing it. But when it comes to understanding both sides of the ball, building a staff for him to find Fangio this off season, that was huge because he proved he can build an offensive staff something that Brian Flores could not build. And that's why he was setting the team back for a couple of years. And then he, here, here's the other thing. Any of us that have kids, you know, kids nowadays are a little different than the way I was raised and brought up. It's completely different. You got to communicate with them completely different. Well, Mike McDaniel is cut from that cloth. You know, that, 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 that stuff that a lot of us grew up with, with teachers and coaches and parents and screaming at you. And it was a norm and it was like water off a duck's back and it didn't affect you. That doesn't work nowadays. It just does not. You got to have a different approach to, to, to these people nowadays because they react differently to different, mm-hmm. the, the, to different uh, types of discipline. And so Mike is fantastic at communicating with today's generation and reaching them and reaching them with dialogue instead of reaching them mm. by just screaming at them. And because that's how we used to respond to it. And it was just normal, but that's just not the way it is. And I think that that's the magic that he knows how to massage those kind of situations. And then at the same time, he's, you saw it on hard knocks when he was, you know, this past week, sorry if I'm, uh, I'm I'll give you a little spoiler there, but you know, he, tra- he, he trashed himself for trash plays that he called. And I think that that's huge, too, that you tell the team, hey, yeah, you guys might have screwed up on this play, or that play but I screwed up on this play. This is where I made you fail, and this is where I made you fail. And I think mm-hmm. that's also huge that he shows the human side of it at the same time. And it's just something that I have not seen here, man. Somebody that really understands the good and the bad, and what you really need in order to get it done. And he's done a, a marvelous job that way. Great perspective. Great answer. Uh, two minutes left with this tough gauntlet left with the schedule. Do you think they win the division? And, and what do you think happens in the last three games? Yeah, in the past, I would have told you no, because they they just don't have the kind of team. I think they have the shot here. I think they can actually do it. I, th- I think they're going to win at least two of the next three games and take the division and get into the playoffs and start winning a game in the playoffs. I think they were on the brink last year. If it wasn't for Mike, wasn't ready mm-hmm. on that third down, you might, you might've been able to shock the world and shock the bills with that one. Uh, I, this team is different. It's wired different. It, I think this team wants to be really, really good guys. And I think it starts this week with Dallas. You got You got to win. And they know, the stage is set for them. They know that this is the final threshold for them, that the only way they're ever going to be taken serious is by winning these kind of games. 
Miami has beaten uh, Baltimore two years in a row now, even with Brian Flores, Tua came off the bench and beat him. So Miami's got to try to find a way to take care of business, but there is no more important game than the one at the end of the season against the Bills. They've got to send the message that the torch needs to be passed on that final week. So it's going to be really interesting because if they do cross that threshold, then I think you have a new type of Miami Dolphins team. The sad part is this game this week, it's almost like the fraud bowl. The, yep. the loser is the one that takes the title. And, <laughs> and that's because they both have had, you know, obviously the Dallas Cowboys have had way more overhyped than ever the Dolphins. But the few times the Dolphins get hyped, they fall down. So we'll see what happens on Sunday. The loser will not walk away pretty. That's for sure. Yeah. Awesome knowledge today, Orlando. You can follow him on X. He's at Big O Show. And you can get his radio show as well when you search Big O Radio Show wherever you get your podcasts as well. Thanks so much for the time today. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Anytime, guys. Be good yeah. out there. Thank Very you. good. Good. Very good stuff there. McDaniel, the offensive line, all of it. Well, he's right about the fraud bowl. And uh, he's right about yeah. when, what happens when they play good teams. It's the, the get beat by 30. That's true. Again, Buffalo lost by 14 to Philly. You know, know couldn't move the ball against Kansas City. Thought about the, this a lot recently. The Tennessee loss could back really yeah, yeah. yeah. You know who Mike McDaniel is? Mc, Mike McDaniel is the coach everybody was hoping Brandon Staley would be. But even better. Yeah. Up next, how about 34% in this spot the last 46 games since 2018? Always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. It's good to have you on board here on a football Friday, a pre-Christmas football Friday. Mitch Moss, Polly Howard, live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort and Casino. And this show is brought to you by DraftKings every Friday at this time. Adam Chernoff joins the program. He's awesome, analyzing, betting on the NFL, breaking down all these games. You can follow him on X at Adam Chernoff, and you can listen to his podcast. It's called The Simple Handicap. Adam, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. How are you? Same to you guys. Doing mm-hmm. great. We are a couple hours away from, from a big weekend, so maybe a bit of a, an exhale here as we get football spread out across a couple days. Yep, agreed. Well, before we get into the games, your takeaways from last night, uh, the final score, a little misleading. That was all Rams. Mm-hmm. They were awesome on offense yet again. Uh, what caught your eye watching them um, take out the Saints last night? Another playoff contender team over. And this has been kind of sneaky the last two weeks. Last week on the segment, I think a lot of people enjoyed some of the totals that were given out. Saturday games were going over, got a few more on Sunday, and it's it's probably like, why, why, are we, why are we talking so many overs here? What's going on? But guys, we've seen seven games in the last three weeks between these wildcard teams in the AFC and the NFC playing each other that are kind of like, you have all these teams, six in the AFC, six in the NFC, they're kind of bunged up for those last one or two playoff spots for the wild cards, six and seven, seven and seven, eight and seven, right in that range. All these games have gone over. And so what's happening here? Why is this happening? I thought last night, was a really good illustration of what's going on. We've seen a couple teams in these games get out to big leads, but they haven't taken the foot off the gas like they traditionally have during the regular season. We've seen the teams trailing get into chase mode, and these defenses are playing this prevent, and we're getting teams catching up. Think back to Minnesota, Cincinnati. 
Cincinnati comes growing back in the fourth quarter. You're getting all these fourth down decision making that you're leading to more aggression. You're having teams go for it. You're having teams fail around midfield because they're electing not to punt at a slightly higher rate. We're seeing pass rates for these teams spike quite a bit as well. And this all just kind of represents that we're in kind of the elimination game phase with all of these teams when they end up playing against each other. There's so much more urgency and desperation in these games. And where it's getting really interesting, last night was kind of the first example we've had in a couple weeks where it wasn't the case because that total closed 45 and a half. But we have so many QB question marks that we're usually seeing these games with really short totals, like a few we'll talk about today. But that game, to me, had a lot of points that were unrealized last night where we had the fourth down stops like close to the goal line. We had some short field goals. We had the Saints turning it over around midfield a couple times. But it just kind of represented what we're getting when we have these two wild card teams facing off. And I think it's going to be like that the rest of the season. Uh, it's just these teams are playing completely different in these matchups than what well, you see during the regular season so far. And and the overs keep coming in. So that's 7-0 and now with these teams and the wild card spots playing each other the last three weeks. How many other games fit that profile to you this weekend then? Well, so we have two more. We have the Saturday game, Pittsburgh-Cincinnati, which essentially acts as an elimination game. Cincinnati 8-6, and six, Pittsburgh 7-7. Seven and seven. There's a a big emphasis on that game as well. And then Cleveland-Houston as well. Houston 8-6, and Cleveland 9-5, and significant game for both sides. I I think we should talk about each one. Where do we want to start? Do we want to go Saturday game? Yeah, start with Saturday. Rudolph in, no chase. Browning's been awesome. So exactly right. Here we go with the total again. A QB game question mark. And this has been the case for so many of these. We've had uncertainty at quarterback. We've had outdoor games with weather. Hasn't mattered. They've still got over the total. Here's another short total, 38 or 37 and a half, depending where you're looking this morning. We'll talk 38. We'll go over 38. Now, this is a Bengals defense that in that Minnesota game lost DJ Reader. Significant loss on the defensive line for a defense that Mm -hmm. isn't very good to begin with and has been trending down the last four weeks. But you take him off of that defensive line it gives Pittsburgh an out on offense. They're going to be able to run the football up the middle on the Cincinnati Bengals defensive line now. It's a significant loss. And so this downgrade that you're getting from Trubisky to Rudolph maybe isn't sort of going to be the full impact you would expect because there's such an out for the Steelers to move the ball on offense. On the other side, we saw Jake Browning against a very good Vikings defense figure things out, start to move the football concerning now that you're without chase for this game. But I think that this Steelers defense now without both of their starting safeties is still going to give up big plays to this Bengals offense. And so to me, this is another game, even with it being that divisional rematch, which traditionally skews under, we're just that too short of a total for how important this game is for both of these teams and how we've seen all of these games trend. So I would go to the over here and continue that look. Uh, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, over 37 and a half. Okay, and you had Houston last week. You've been on fire. Now what do you think Cleveland, Houston, Keenum again? And the thing I can't get past, Cleveland number one in points per game at home allowed last on the road. So we'll go over here as well. And this is, again, it's an ugly total, but it's my favorite look of the week at the moment as we're looking at current prices here on a Friday morning. So we'll go over 40 and a half, another game that fits that profile very well. You mentioned the Browns defense. It's been skewed from the points perspective, which is the, the commonly referred to stat, just because the Browns have given up so many explosive plays on the road. 
There's some other stats that show that the Browns on the road have played a little bit better, but I really think that it does matter. And you're seeing the performance. It just, it just doesn't look the same when the Browns are on the road. Couple injuries up front in the pass rush for Cleveland to keep an eye on as well that I think can be impactful. Uh, but this for, for, for Cleveland going on the road, it's the first time we've seen Flacco indoors since the Rams game. The last two weeks have been outside. A little bit of weather impact. It was a good Bears defense last week. Now they're playing a Texans defense that's trending down, has defensive injuries, multi-level. You're missing likely Will Anderson. Cashman's banged up at linebacker. Thomas in the secondary. Multi-level injuries impacting the Texans defense, which I think is going to be a problem. Then you have to remember, they just played overtime as well against Tennessee. A uh, game went nearly a full extra 10 minutes. So that was a big game for Houston. Now coming back, I think Case Keenum is a little bit more comfortable in his likely second start in a row. And so to me, this is a spot where it's just another one of these games that fits very well into that profile. The Browns pass rate has been through the roof as is with Flacco. And I think they continue throwing. And I think we mm -hmm. see Houston do their part as well. But super short total here at 40. Let's go over in this one as well as both of these teams play to that same sort of urgency we've seen from all these playoff matchups. What do you expect Saturday night and the respected money taking uh, the Chargers and the points? Okay, so if you're watching right now, we'll do the same thing we did with this one like we did with Houston last week because most spots right now have the Chargers at 12 and a half. This is a standalone game on Saturday. I, a lot of people watching this are going to be struggling to find the streaming service that is exclusive yeah. to carry this game. So maybe give yourself a five to 10 minute buffer before kickoff. If you're sitting down to watch this, that's going to be a fun scramble for many. Uh, but wait this one out until tomorrow. Uh, there's going to be a lot of interest in Buffalo, and it's probably very likely going to push this back to 13. I like the Chargers at home getting 13 points. I think they keep this much more competitive. We talk about things that have happened this season, like the playoff games. This is a spot with the new coaching bump that we have seen two other times this season with the Raiders and the Panthers. In both of those instances, it came through and we both times saw that team get a little bit of value on the numbers. So this game was nine and a half on the look ahead. And it was kind of the perfect storm of things that happened last week to push this number out as far as it is. You had the Bills dominate. The Cowboys, who were dealing with the flu, played much worse than anybody expected. And then you had the Chargers obviously quit on Brandon Staley on Thursday night in a game that everybody was watching. So we see essentially a four and a half point adjustment. And what's interesting is with market ratings that cover the league as a whole based on closing point spreads versus final scores. If you look up to this point in the season, the Bills and the Chargers were rated within about four to four and a half points of each other on a neutral field. And so obviously you have the downgrade to Herbert, a lot of that priced into those differentials, but now we're just, we're seeing that off, off the charts because the charges have dropped from about 14 or 15th in those ratings all the way to 32nd and the bills have jumped up all the way to second. And so we've just seen a massive adjustment from last week to this week that I don't think is warranted to begin with. I think it went too far, but we saw it go even further because of this coaching change which is actually a plus historically for teams in the following week. And something I'll say about Smith, who's coming in as the head coach, I'm not going to put him on the same level from a motivational standpoint as Antonio Pierce. But when we think about the big issue with the Chargers, obviously it's been injuries 
but it's been a defense that's had a lot of issues all season long. Smith has been with the defense for a long time. Players really like him. And I think you get this element in a similar way that the Raiders got from this rallying around the new coach coming in, who's the defensive guy that they know. I think you're going to get that same effect with the Chargers on Saturday night. And so to me, this number has gone too far, allowing too many. I'll, I'll, I'll say wait right now. Wait for 13. You'll okay. get it tomorrow. Uh, take the Chargers plus 13 for Saturday night football. Okay, excellent breakdown. Adam Chernoff, our guest. Again, follow him on X. He's at, uh, at Adam Chernoff. Podcast is called Simple Handicap. We have about a minute left in this segment. You're going to hang around for one more uh, segment. For with sure. Us. Who would you give the MVP to today? I don't know. I, I don't want to. I'm not afraid to say I don't know. And then for this one, I don't know. I think it's it's clearly the winner of this game based on the odds that are being presented. I say this game is Baltimore, San Francisco. I mean, you have the two favorites playing each other in a massive game on Christmas. Everyone's going to be watching. But uh, I, I, it's so hard to handicap the voters that I yeah. just I don't have a good answer for it. Okay, because we'll. We'll then tie it into who you think is going to win the game, what you make of the point spread now, five and a half at last check pretty much everywhere for the 49ers now, and that's been kind of ping-ponging back a little bit this week. But I want to get your breakdown on that and find out who you like on Christmas night, the biggest game of the week, one of the best matchups that we've had, if not the best of the entire year. That's next with Adam Chernoff here on Follow the Money. It's VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Call She. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating or inflation and a whole lot more? You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to callshe.com slash follow the money spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
holidays are here. Let Omaha Steaks take the guesswork out of gifting. Get gift packages that are guaranteed to make spirits bright all winter long. OmahaSteaks.com. Save 50% off site-wide. Use code VEASAN at checkout. Get an additional $30 off your order. Filet mignons, burgers, jumbo franks, easy-to-prepare meals that are ready in a flash. Omaha Steaks, the possibilities are endless. OmahaSteaks.com, 50% off site-wide. Use code VEASAN. Get an additional $30 off. Gift from the heart and a gift that will be remembered with every unforgettable bite. Minimum order may be required. Double shot every Friday with Adam Chernoff. Simple Handicap Podcast. Rolling on with the NFL. Art Smith going into your pocket here. You got to win out to go over the win total. The line has crept up now as we go from Ritter to Heineke. Also some suspensions with the Colts. Now Atlanta laying two and a half. What do you think? And also you've been on this Colts over train. Art Smith has been in my pocket for about four months. At this point. <laughs> it's not getting any better. Ah, uh, boy, this is do or die for Atlanta. I, I, that game against the Panthers, that was just painful to sit through. Um, you're right, Paulie. This number took off yesterday. It, it wasn't injury driven either. It's been full on pro opinion entering the market. We had one earlier in the week. A couple other groups have had them since. Uh, this number is uh, quite telling based on the move here. I, I think this is a point, though, where the Colts coming in in a bad spot. That is a defense that's getting away with a ton and an offense that as great as they have been for those overs. Uh, again, like you, you're looking at them facing the Steelers down two scores at home. Uh, this is this is a bit of a rocky spot. The Falcons get their offensive line back. Several starters have been out all trending towards playing. Heineke in gives them a little bit of a bump. Going to see Robinson more involved because Heineke's under center. Uh, this is a spot where the Falcons win, cover, keep the season alive, keep the NFC South interesting. Uh, going to be tough to get through, but we're taking the Falcons one last time. Wow, mm. you are you are confident here with all this right. team, and you're. It's, I mean, I listen to the podcast all the time. It feels to me like you're a big Steichen guy. Definitely, I, Mitch. You said it in the first segment. Like the coaching mismatch here is enormous. It is. I don't know if it's enough to overcome the spot and how it sets up for Atlanta in this one-off game. I, I think that this is a spot where Atlanta plays through. But there's no question Steichen's done a phenomenal job. Um, but this is about where I'm going with Atlanta. Okay, so what you said before the break, it is very difficult to handicap the voters when it comes to awards. Purdy is minus $2 in that range almost everywhere, even a little bit higher here at Circa. Um, the point spread for this game is 5.5. Paulie thought when it was uh, the opener at 5, I think he said it's way too short. And I've heard a ton of people make the case for the 49ers. What is your position here on this game? Okay, it's going to completely come down to what happens with the 49ers' defensive line injuries. I think that that is a massive impact on this game. So watch later today, see what's going on with Hargrave, see what's going on with Armstead. What does not get discussed, in my opinion, enough is the fact that the 49ers on the season, 28th in EPA per play against the run, 22nd in defensive success rate against the run. You can run mm. on San Francisco. The way that San Francisco has been able to disguise that is by building massive leads so teams have not been able to run on San Francisco because they have been playing catch up. If you are Baltimore now and you're coming into this game, you have a passing offense the last few weeks that has been anything but crisp is the way that I would describe it. It's just it's not right. The drop back passing game 
hasn't been as as good as we probably expected it to be earlier in the year. This has to be a game, especially now with Keaton Mitchell out, where you lose more explosiveness, where the Ravens have to revert and just run like crazy like we have seen them do the last couple of seasons. This cannot be a game that Munkin wants his offense to look like how he wants it to. He needs to revert. He needs to run Lamar. He needs to use multiple backs out of the backfield. He needs to attack the middle of the field. If those two guys are out, I think you're going to see interest in the Ravens and this number tick down. Now, with all of that said, if those two guys play, if the 49ers get an early lead, I don't know how the Ravens are consistently going to get stops because this is a 49ers offense that's playing at another level. And there's just a lot of variance to me with this. I don't have an opinion on the side. My initial thoughts were, how can I find a way to bet Baltimore in this game? Because I thought maybe it was just pushing a little bit too high. That was my stance on it. But to me, it all comes down to those two defensive line injuries. Don't know the status of them. Can't bet it. If they're in, this number is going to go up. If they're out, this number is going to come down. That's what the Ravens have to do in this spot if they want a chance to stay competitive with the Niners. Okay. Our previous guest called it the fraud bowl. Certainly the loser of this game. Everyone will mock them and, and say you can't beat anybody a good. Miami at home against Dallas. Every All 10 Miami wins are against teams with a losing record. What do you think? Yeah, I kind of throw that angle out the window for this game specifically because I think you can say it about both teams. And I think if you're evaluating sort of the more fraudulent of either, if you can even call it that, you're probably criticizing the Dolphins' schedule, especially the offenses they have faced recently. You're probably criticizing that a little bit more than you would be criticizing what the Cowboys have done. Uh, The reason I liked the Cowboys in this game was because I thought last week wasn't maybe a true representation of what they are. And I know the Bills dominated them, but I do think that flu situation really mattered. And I, I, we've seen it really now for four weeks where any player that has had this illness or flu designation on the injury report, their performance has dipped significantly. The Cowboys had 10 plus guys fit that criteria. And so again, it's not a full excuse that I'm lobbing out. They still got absolutely killed, but I I think that they certainly can show better in this game. What worries me for Dallas in this spot is they lead the league in man coverage rate. They play more man than any other team in the NFL. If Dan Quinn keeps the defense consistent and goes out with the same coverage scheme and tries to go man straight up against the Dolphins wide receivers, it doesn't matter how many offensive line injuries the Dolphins have. Two is going to get the ball out of his hand. And under two and a half, under 2.2 seconds, even it's going to get it out of quick. These wide receivers are going to win and the Dolphins are going to put up a ton of points. So Dan Quinn has to throw some sort of an adjustment out. The path here for the Cowboys defensively is pressure up front. It's going to have to get there extremely quick. But the Dolphins have had at some point this week, every single offensive line starter not participating in practice. And so. That's going to be a massive injury report for Miami that we're going to see later today. The status of the guys on the O-line are huge because that's really going to dictate if the Cowboys can do enough on defense to potentially earn the cover. Um, so for me, Cowboys are nothing but waiting to see that injury report hold off on making any bets yet. Okay, final game here on the docket. Uh, important one for the Vikings. They get the Lions twice over the final three weeks of the season in their playoff Uh, lives on the line, obviously, Um, respected money on the Vikings this week. 
Lines are now down to three. It's even money here on that three at Circa. And I'm seeing that trend in other spots the same way. Do you agree with uh, the Vikings' money this week? Mitch, I'd say respected money is an understatement. Uh, it's been very respected money all week. Pros I talked to, they're all on it. Pros who are in group chats with other pros saying they're all on it too. Mm. Like it has been consistent pro money all week on Minnesota. Uh, Detroit's going to be a very, very popular side this week in terms of just uh, people going out, looking at the number and taking it. And despite all of that and the volume coming in on Detroit, I mean, there's been nothing but buys coming in on Minnesota. And so to me, that's been pretty telling because you think about Detroit last week, they were one of the more popular pro sides overall against the Denver Broncos. And and the reason we're seeing this flip is because the Denver Broncos defensively compared to the Minnesota Vikings defensively, mm-hmm. night and day mm-hmm. in terms of tendencies of scheme, in terms of pressure rate, in terms of how frequently they're able to switch up against play action. Uh, everything that the Broncos do poorly is everything that the Vikings do well. And the Lions were able to run the ball consistently. They got play action going. They took advantage of the Broncos' third road game in a row. And now they're facing a Vikings team that is just such a different matchup for them that I think it's going to be a problem. And uh, fitting to end with the good old Jared Goff betting checklist, is he on the road? (laughs) Is he laying points? Is he under pressure? And, I mean, we've been talking about it for four years, and you're saying yes to all three in this game against the Vikings. And we know that's where his performance dips quite a bit and so really the reaction here from pros is that that win against detroit was solely matchup based it wasn't necessarily them sorting everything out now they're facing mm-hmm. the vikings on the road in a tough spot in an early game in a packed stadium uh lots of love for the vikings from everybody that i respect so far this week yeah, you're the man we have 45 seconds here you had a, for those who don't know yamamoto signed overnight with the dodgers 12 years 325 million dollars you had a question for us about the dodgers are the Dodgers not allowed to promote the Angels? Or, pardon me, are the Rams not allowed to promote the Angels? It was like oh. Otani just arrived in the city yesterday. Yeah. He's been there for five years. I know, yeah. right? Yes. It's 45 minutes away. Yeah. It was the most ridiculous promo of an athlete I've seen. Well, I, I don't know. There must be a disagreement there between the Rams and the Angels. That was silly. No, good observation. Uh, follow him on X at Adam Chernoff. His podcast is called The Simple Handicap. Love talking to you, man. Happy holidays. Have a great day with you, the wife, the family, coming up this weekend as well with Christmas. Thank you. Best of luck this weekend. Same to you guys. Same to everybody watching as well. We'll see you on the other side of the weekend. Yep. We'll recap last night's betting action with win some, lose some next here on Beeson. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with CallShe. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating or inflation and a whole lot more? You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to callshe.com slash follow the money spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. It's brand new season two. 
I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.